Hello and welcome to Footy Time. My name is Johnny Ref. You are very welcome on this Tuesday morning. Round 21 is done. There are three rounds left of the home and away season. There were upsets, there were injuries, there were all sorts of stories. It's going to be fever pitched from now until the end of September. We've got a great show for you today and we will start off with some blinders and shockers. Blinder. Well, well, well. Tis the season for the upset. The Hawks prevailed over the Pies on Saturday at the MCG by 32 points in the upset of the season. Hawthorne jumped Collingwood in the first quarter with four goals, four to three behinds. Collingwood, a team who is so drilled into their system and structure, was all at sea. The Maggies were always going to come back though, and in the second quarter when Daniel McStay booted one to pull them back to within 12 points, there was a bit of a scuffle in the goal square and another shot at goal was awarded to Nick Dacos, who converted to bring it back to six points. So the same old story was building. The comeback Kings, Collingwood, were they just going to overrun another team? These double goals can turn momentum in a game. Pretty much every time you see a double goal, the momentum just absolutely swings in the other direction. Right? Wrong. With the bounce straight after that goal, Hawthorne got a takeaway from the middle and Harley Morrison ran in to drill a much-needed reply. The Pies did come again, though, with Dugowie and Elliott drilling goals, but the Hawks had some real emphatic rise-to-the-occasion kind of plays that showed composure and maturity in the moment. One of the moments of the game for me was a crunching tackle from John Newcomb on Oleg Markov in the middle of the MCG, which led to Luke Bruce hitting up Holly Morrison, who converted to take a 26-point lead into the final change. These kind of goals are worth two or three when it comes to momentum, and this one had me out of my seat. Another 50-50 moment was with about 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, it was the Josh Ward and Bobby Hill contest around the flank on the southern stand side, which led to a Hawthorne breakaway and then a Wingard handball to someone I can't quite remember who it was. It might have been Will Day, who put it through for another massive team lifter. The Hawks just owned these moments. The moments that could have gone either way, where the game was there to be won, Hawthorne rose to the occasion. As I said, we know that Collingwood come back, but when Luke Bruce, who, by the way, really wound back the clock in this game, dribbled one through to start the last quarter, you felt that there was not going to be that fairy tale comeback today. The Hawks just had all the answers. So, wow, what a performance. This is the kind of neutral game I would have loved to have been at in person. You have to love when a rebuilding team puts together a performance like this. And I was absolutely stoked for Hawthorne. They showed composure and confidence where so many teams have failed against Collingwood this year. Maybe being a young side with no fear worked in their favour. Who knows? But they played some amazing football in this one and really deserved their victory. Finn McGuinness has to be one of the best taggers around at the moment and he did the best job on Nick Dacos that anyone has done this year holding him to three disposals in the first half. Extraordinary. Bring back the tagger. Everyone needs one. Captain James Sicily led the way for his team. How about these numbers? 37 possessions, 33 of them effective, 11 intercepts, 19 total marks, 515 metres gained. Amazing performance. 
Brandon Ryan out of nowhere with three goals and five marks. Much needed forward supply there. I know I've gone on for a while on this one, but it was one of those games that gets everyone talking. Well done, Hawks. Sam Mitchell's plan looks right on track. Shocker. The world-breaking news this week has to be the injuries, and most notably the injury to Pies' young star Nick Dacos. Scans revealed a hairline fracture in the lateral tibial plateau, and he is set to miss at least six weeks. This has sent shockwaves through the Brownlow metal betting markets, but much more importantly in my view, it's sent shockwaves through the Premiership race. I feel the lead's been a little buried on this in the media. Most of these uh, newspapers are leading off with uh, what impact this means for the Brownlow, but I think the Premiership race is the more important thing here. Uh, I don't believe that there's anyone more valuable to his team's Premiership chances than Nick Dacos. What he does during a game, we've said it a number of times this year, the number of contests he consistently gets to, the skill he provides, the plays he's able to set up, the percentage of Collingwood goals to start with him or feature him in some way along the chain, he is the most valuable for me, even more so than Max Gorn or Lockie Neal or any other player that you think may be their team's most important player. It's going to have a massive impact, and the Pies have now got to, they've got some serious thinking to do about it. How are they going to adjust? Maybe not quite on the same scale as Dacos, but a massive sour note in the Melbourne win over North Melbourne yesterday in Hobart was the foot injury to Harrison Petty. The Ds finally seemed to have that contesting forward who could make a contest and keep defenders honest, but it was short-lived as it looks like Petty will miss multiple weeks again. Very hard to lose a structural piece like Petty, and now, for the umpteenth week in a row, Melbourne selectors need to figure out a solution up forward. It could open the door for a Brody Grundy return, but he's a different player, and the forward structure is going to be altered now regardless. These injuries are a timely reminder that nothing ever goes to script in the AFL, and premiership predictions, even at this point, are just silly, because there are a heap more twists and turns to go. Blinder. The Western Bulldogs. Their footy is as good as anyone's, in my opinion. We just don't see it often enough. The midfield bats deep. Liam Jones is back to shore up their defence. And when you have spearheads like Jamara Ugelhagen and Aaron Norton kicking five and three respectively, it gives you a decent chance to win most games. The Dogs had a nine-goal opening first quarter and put the game out of reach for Richmond quite early, effectively ending their season. The question is now, how far can the Doggies go in September? They've got Hawthorne, West Coast and Geelong to finish the season, so it's likely the next big test for them will be in finals. But this is the kind of team that, if they can claim a big scalp, then they might get seriously rolling. We've seen it a number of times. All eyes on Dogs. If there is a wild card in the pack, I think it might be this one. Shocker. The Gold Coast Suns have once again promised a lot and delivered very little. Flush season 2023 down the toilet. This week was their chance to cling to something for this season and keep it alive. Not an easy task going to Adelaide against the Crows. You know, it's a team who may play their home ground better than anyone in the league right now, but still a chance nonetheless. They blew it. 
Going down by 28 points and another season down the razor blade. Lots of distractions off the field this year for the Suns. Caroline Wilson talking about Stuart Jew nearly every week. Rumours now of potentially signing Damian Hardwick. It's been hard to deal with. It's very hard to believe that after year 13, this football club is still searching for an identity. The talent is there. The talent's always there. And there's clubs that would love to have any of Raoul Miller and Anderson in the middle, Ballard, Collins and Powell in defence, or King and Lacocious up forward. Yeah, they've got some good up-and-comers in Flanders, Humphrey and Hollands. There's some good players there. But the hardest thing to do when you're in this position as a footy club is change the narrative. When you're a losing club, you expect to lose first. When Melbourne hadn't been in the finals for 12 years, I felt that the divine fate of the footy world was that certain teams made it and certain teams didn't. I couldn't even visualise the Melbourne jumper running around in a finals game. I've heard from quite a few Carlton fans who, who have come to feel the same over this time and won't be counting any chickens until they've actually qualified for finals. At some point, though, you need to take that leap of faith and the big change. That's what needs to happen. And it comes from culture. Blinder. The final match of round 21 between Fremantle and Brisbane probably didn't get the coverage it deserved. Uh, but for Brisbane, this game was to be essential in terms of their hopes of clinching a top four spot and launching for the 2023 finals campaign. They needed to prove that they could get a win, but also win away. Luke Jackson was on top early for the Dockers. He had 44 taps and found space around the ground, went back for defensive marks, went forward for a goal and missed a couple, but he otherwise had a very, very good game, 24 possessions. He did tire late in the game when it was there to be won, and you have to question his overall fitness, but this was still one of the best efforts I've seen from him at Frio so far, and there were just times when he made Darcy Fort look totally useless. But on the Lions side of things, it was a solid team performance. There wasn't really any one player that stood out no one sort of taking the game by the scruff of the neck but instead that's not a negative it was more so that as a group they did what they needed to do uh chris fagan after the game admitted they didn't really play that well and Lockie neal in his post match said that they were relieved to get the four points uh he's going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment not looking his absolute hungry best uh, but there's plenty of time to get that right the doubts i have with brisbane uh, most notably their pace, their league speed through the middle. Uh, Josh Dunkley and Lockie Neal are fantastic players, but they are one-paced. Uh, Jared Berry's probably the same. Uh, it just shows what a big loss Will Ashcroft is. He's a massive loss, and we're now seeing a lot of Band-Aid solutions uh, with Dane Zorko and Cam Rayner. Even Charlie Cameron's having a stint in the middle, such as their lack of league speed. This is a major, major issue for Brisbane and will be shown up in finals if they don't rectify it pretty quickly. Shocker. This one's old news and I'm just, I wanted to touch on this very quickly, but the news cycle was dominated last week with the Aaliyah and Lockie Jones head clash in the showdown. Um, yeah, I tried not to pay too much attention to the media talk during the week because this was a really difficult incident to to be an onlooker with. I, I just thought it was really uncomfortable, and I think we've learned a lot out of it. But 
the one thing that I really got tired with at the end of it, and, and there's there's not really any subjects that in the game that I don't want to hear from ex-players on. But as we got to probably near the end of the week before the uh, the next round, uh, we were just hearing a lot of these sort of editorials and you know big sweeping statements from ex-players like Kane Corns notably. Uh, I noticed Jared Healy made a, a big uh, sort of opening to his program on SCN, which was it was good, and he was sort of sticking up for club doctors and saying how much trust he has in them and that. And look, these are I respect these people's opinions a lot, especially when they've been around these people for a long time. But this concussion issue, it, it it's kind of transcending anyone of note and their opinion in the game right now. This is one situation where I don't really want to hear from players that much. I mean, look, it's, it's nice to have, to hear their side up front, but we didn't really need to hear, in my opinion, we didn't need to hear how good a bloke this Fisher guy is at Port from Kane Corns and uh, defending, whoa, it's such a hard moment, mistakes happen, or, you know, they've got, uh, they're just tending to so many issues at the, any given time. Look, I, I want to hear from experts on this. I want to hear from neurosurgeons. I want to hear from other specialists in the field of what we should be doing. How should we be actually be handling this during a game, the course of a game? Uh, and I want to hear that dominate the media right now. I don't want to hear from ex-players who uh, want to talk about, you know, not the boys club, but just uh, how good a bloke someone is and how the character. We know most of these people have great character. We know. We know the people who... We know that working as a club doctor isn't the most glamorous position for a <laughs> someone in the medical uh, field, but this is just I don't I don't want to hear polluted noise coming from people who obviously have a conflict of interest. And I really like Kane Corns, and I really I listen to a lot of stuff he says, but I, I think that he's been uh, his neutral position has been tested here. And I think that, yeah, it's one of these things where we, we don't need to hear that right now. Just for this particular issue at this point in time. We just needed to hear from some wiser heads. And look, yeah, I mean that with the highest of respect. That's right, we're bringing it back, and not a moment too soon, because we've got to pay serious attention to this. 
The eight as it stands right now, Collingwood stay in first position. Melbourne just move into second position. They're about 1.1% ahead of Brisbane, who are in third. And Port Adelaide slipped to fourth, but those three teams are all on equal points. The fifth to eight positions are as follows. Carlton, who have a very healthy percentage and sit on 46 points. Percentage is 117.2. That's going to hold them in very good stead. The Bulldogs in sixth, 44 points, 109, uh, 109 flat. The seventh place is held by St Kilda, a missed opportunity to really cement their place in fifth and give themselves the best chance. They are now back in the pack, and they've got 104.9%. Eighth place, uh, man, carbon copy of what I just said, GWS, probably the informed team of the competition, and they blew a big chance against Sydney. They are eighth, 44 points, 101.6%. These losses, these slip-ups are not, they're going to now be the make or break factors in this. It's not just uh, something where you can brush yourself aside and go again. These are actually going to mean serious ramifications because just outside the eight, you've got Geelong in ninth, 42 points and probably the best percentage. Yes, definitely the best percentage out of any team I've just mentioned. Uh, from fifth onwards, 119.2, 42 points. And remember that team that played in the grand final against them last year? And everyone has been saying how terrible they are this year, myself included. Uh, Yeah, the Sydney Swans are in 10th position and could honestly play finals. They have a percentage of 111.3 and sit on 42 points just behind Geelong. You could even go back as far as Adelaide because their percentage is excellent, 117.1, 40 points there in 11th. And Essendon, I think, is probably a little bit beyond. They did get the win. If if they lost to West Coast, it would have been all over Red Rover, but they are on 98.5%. And I just think that's going to work too much against them. So I would draw the line at Adelaide, but let's have a real quick look at the games this week for those clubs. So, well, the big one, the massive one, it's going to be the biggest game between these two teams that I can remember, Carlton and Melbourne on Saturday night at the MCG. Uh, This is going to be a belter. Uh, I think I'm expecting at least a crowd of 60,000, and these two teams are probably now the most informed teams. We've got Carlton off seven wins, Melbourne off five. Uh, It would have been very nice to have Harrison Petty out there, but Carlton have got their own injuries to deal with. I'm pretty sure uh, Adam Chera is still out. It's going to be an absolute cracker, that one. I can't wait for it. But that's going to play a massive part. And, you know, either team winning that is going to have massive, massive impact on where they finish in season 2023. We now look at the Western Bulldogs. They've got the Hawks, but I'm a little wary of calling this a bloopy game. You would expect the Dogs to win it, but you just don't know which Hawthorne will turn up because they've shown that they can mix it with some of these sides, especially these sides that have running power. The Hawks have got guys in their middle that can actually match these runners. They've just got something that throws things off balance a little bit, especially when you see guys like uh, uh, Connor Nash, uh, Will Day, John Newcomb. They've just got good foot speed, but also agility through the middle. And they're able to not only win the ball, but they can 
put you down with some pretty good bruising tackles as well. So that's a tough one. We've got the Saints playing Richmond. You would expect that they can get the win there, but, well, it's anyone's game really at this point. I, I would not I would give them the slight edge here, but, yeah, I, I, who knows? Who knows? The next on the ladder is GWS. They face Port Adelaide in probably another pick of the round game. This is one's at Adelaide Oval. It's going to be a massive test, but the challenge is there for the Giants. Port, you've, Port's got to be due a win now. They're four on the trot, losing streak. It would be good to see a good game in that one. But, yeah, loser there is not going to be sitting pretty. Geelong take on Collingwood in what... How many matches of the round can there be? Look, I think this one would be... Probably not be the match of the round, but it's in the top three games of the round. And again, you've got a Geelong side that that they want to play finals. Don't get me wrong, they want to play finals. They are hungry, and that was, they looked up and about after that win against Port. They are not coming to play Tiddlywinks. They are going to come, and they lost to Collingwood in the round one at the MCG. So they've got a bit to prove. The Pies desperately need a win. They need to get back on track. Oh, wow. That's going to be a, that's going to be good Friday night viewing that one. And that's going to really shape the way that uh, the rest of the round goes, I think. Uh, and yeah, well, Sydney, they take on Gold Coast. So I think, I actually think they'll win that one and they'll keep their finals hopes alive. We'll check this out again next week, though. We could be talking about something completely different. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, any of your feedback, please send to footytimelive at gmail.com. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and you know, give us a like, thumbs up, whatever it is. And, yeah, it's going to be pretty hectic from here on in. If your team is in the race, well, all the best. And, uh, yeah. We'll be here talking about it. Uh, it's anyone's guess what happens from here on out. But thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye for now.